grab your popcorn and snacks, find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. How's everybody doing? I hope you said great. I'm feeling great. Nice, cool weather today. No more. Actually, it's going to heat up. Thursday is supposed to be 90. So that's one. what I call one, one last attempt by the weather here in California, Sacramento to, you know, to, to, to heat us up and stay that way. But it's not going to happen because the next day it drops down to 70. So my mom used to call this pneumonia weather. Anyway, welcome. My name is Charlotte, and this is the California Haunts Radio Show, and I'm going to be here for about an hour with you. Uh, I've got a great guest lined up tonight, Sandra Champlain. I hope I said her last name correctly. I'm horrible about that. Everybody knows that that listens. Great guest. But before we do that, I just want to introduce my team a little bit. I'm not only the host of this show, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Been around for 18 years, based out of Sacramento, California. We are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need, we can get to you. It may take us a couple days. California is a huge state, right? You know, when a lot of people think about California, they think about kind of like Hawaii, beaches and surfing. It, part, parts of it is like that. But there's also the other part. NorCal Nor is kind of cold. I'm not saying it's barren, but, but it's, it's cold. So we still get surfers up there, but they're in wetsuits and big, big bonfires to warm up, right? And then you've got the farmland, and you've got the more rural areas, and you've got mountains, and you've got high desert and low desert. So that's why. It may take us a couple days to get to you, but we do have mediums on staff who can call you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in your home or business. And in most cases, they can calm down what's going on until we can get out there. Like I said, it only takes us a couple days to get out there. All right, that being said, if you're watching from Facebook tonight and you haven't done so already and you like what you see in here, please feel free to follow. We're always looking for followers. Uh, same thing with YouTube, always looking for subscribers, and uh, we're trying to hit hit that big milestone by Christmas. So if uh, you like what you hear, be, be sure to subscribe. doesn't cost nothing or anything like that. And we have more than 780 videos over at YouTube, and it's all this show, all different topics. And if you go on there, you'll get a headache. But what I did was I've been, I've been trying to put these things into separate categories and files. So if you're into if medium Nancy Mass and you want to find her stuff, you go to her file. If you're into UFOs, alien abductions, and everything like that, go to that file, click on it. All the shows are in there. So I'm trying to straighten all that out because, you know what, even I get a headache when, <laughs> when I see my front page on that. So, yeah. So check it out. There's a lot to look at over there. It's uh, four years with the shows in this format. We were also on Blog Talk Radio to that. We, we, I have done this show for almost 10 years, maybe 11. So we, you know, the, the, the bulk of our time was over on Blog Talk Radio. So we got all kinds of stuff over there as well. So check us out. California, it's California Haunts Radio across the board. All right. Help me out tonight, too, with the FYP between Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to hit those like buttons, those thumbs up things, hearts. Show me some love. Because when you do that, it puts us up higher in the FYP, which means Facebook and YouTube see that, and they distribute this out farther so different people can watch us, right? So uh, please be sure to do that. Comment in the in the uh, comment section, 
and uh, that'll help too. All right. Uh, if you're watching this again and you like what you see and there's other people in your house or other people around that you think might be interested, let them know that we're on. Bring them on in to watch us. Also, share. Please be sure to share this if you like what you see. Okay. That being said, I'm going to bring Sandra on and she can tell you about herself. And she's got some very interesting things to say about life after death or do we actually die? Let's check it out. Here we go. Hello. Hey, Charlotte. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to be on. I'm thrilled that you asked me. I'm glad we made it work. And yeah, you've been at this a long time. So I'll see if I can deliver the very best for your audience. I've been pun. I've been plugging away. <laughs> you know, when I went back and actually looked back to see how, how long I've, I've been running my team, I was shocked because it has gone so quickly. But we're not any older. We still look good. No, still look good. I started counting backwards at 35. So, I mean, it doesn't matter anyway. You know, so right now I'm about 10. If I figure it out right. So tell me about you. Yeah, sure. Well, um, for your listeners and viewers, I my name is Sandra Champlain. I'm the author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's mm -hmm. Discovery of Life After Death. I also have We Don't Die Radio. That is my podcast number one that's going on 10 years old, which is crazy. Now mm -hmm. with, I think, about 413 episodes. And just wow. before COVID hit, our friends at Coast to Coast AM, uh, George Nori, the host, and Tom Danheiser, the producer, asked me if I'd be interested in doing an afterlife podcast with iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM. So Shades of the Afterlife was born. And just a couple of days ago, that show turned three years old. I now have 150 six episodes. That show's a little different than We Don't Die Radio. We Don't Die Radio is strictly interviews, 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 and Shades of the Afterlife could be an interview, but it's more me reporting in on the afterlife, all the different reasons to believe within one show there could be two or three different topics. Keeps me on my toes, Charlotte, but I am a giver. I tell you, I never believed in any of this. So for me to be the messenger, I feel so grateful. And I know that we don't die after 26 years of investigations. And I just feel very passionate about telling my story, empowering people, the reasons to believe in the afterlife, also talking about grief, because that's the thing which we'll get into. That was uh -huh. the tipping point that had me decide to share. And then if we don't die, how do we have a powerful life? And uh -huh. how can we connect with our own loved ones? So that's a little bit about me. Well, congratulations on, on, on the new show. That's fantastic. In fact, I've been listening to it. I've been sneaking around. You don't realize I'm there. I'm a lurker. So, you know. Thank you for lurking. There's lots of lurkers and I'm thrilled. And every so often I get an email and I'm, I'm delighted. And I say yes to every podcast and every interview because you never know. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh -huh. There might just be that one person and what you have to say makes a difference. So no matter what time of day, whether it's 2 a.m. going on with George Nori, you know, I say yes. Uh -huh. You know, I'm a skeptic myself. People don't believe that because I am an empath. But when I was little, I saw stuff. But then you get to a certain age, and I don't know, because you're getting older, you get different interests. You, you, it kind of goes on the back burner. So I became a journalist, turned into a skeptic for years and years. And then it came back to me when 
I was working in, in this building where I was between a mortuary and a, a, a historical haunted location. I started, you know, things started happening. But as I wrote to you in the initial letter, I took care of my mom and dad. And some of the stuff that you had discussed on Coast to Coast that night really rang a bell with what my, my, my skeptic self, you know, encountered as I watched their dying process and stuff. So let's talk. Let's now. It's not about me. It's about you. But I mean, let's see how you got going because you're, you're a skeptic. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you. And maybe we can squeeze in that those couple of those stories about your parents because you left me on the edge of my seat being there when your parents passed. And I know it's never easy. So even though we do believe, we all still go through grief and it's a really tough thing. Mm -hmm. So anyways, we'd love to hear those stories before we're done. Okay, a little bit about me. Skeptic by nature. My parents, cool people. Dad is now passed away. Mom's right upstairs. Uh, and... We grew up in a household that was kind of like you need to see it to believe it. I don't know why we did go to church every Sunday, but it was like the right thing to do. Being good church people went to Catholic school almost every year of my life. And I think it's because the Catholic school was a little safer than the public school, but I never grew up with faith. And then in our town that we lived in, there was a psychic medium and she made all these crazy predictions. None of them came true. And I think just at a very young age, I just ruled all that stuff out. I was very opinionated as I grew up, even into my 20s and 30s. And I'd go to a bookstore and I'd see that the people looking at this spirituality section and mystical. And I thought, oh, those poor people, right? But if that helps them, good for them, if that's what they need. But there's no evidence of that. Now, I said that kind of stuff without ever looking for any evidence. I just assumed that everybody was wrong and, you know, mm -hmm. worldly me was right. But what happened was in the mid 90s, I developed this huge fear of dying, came out of the blue, looking up at the stars. It's just like, oh, my God, goes on forever. Who am I? What is my life for? What if I drop dead? Is it over? For whatever reason, Charlotte, it came about as a huge fear and I couldn't let it rest. Every time my mind was a little bit quiet and it would come, my mom seems to think it's because as a teenager, I volunteered at a nursing home. I'd sit with the older people and read to them or hold their hands or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then so many of my friends would die right? So she thought maybe that's where it came from. Wherever it came from, it didn't matter because ultimately it's led me to talk to you and your audience today. But this fear crippled me. And it was so bad that it's like, I need to find an answer to this because I can't live my life feeling so scared. I first started with my own religion and started studying major world religions. Most of them believe in the afterlife, but just reading them didn't calm my nerves. It didn't do anything for me. And then a friend of mine, who's a nice lady, she was a nurse, but she started talking about angels and fairies. And I thought, oh my God, right? It wasn't my thing, but she was so nice. And she ended up inviting me to see a medium do a stage show. And I already had it figured out that this medium had plants in the audience and there was going to be some big cell, right? So, I mean, I ruled it out before I even got there. But what happened was people got really specific readings. 
And nobody asked for any big money or anything like that. And my soul was touched. It really was. So many of the the um, messages brought tears to my eyes. And it was like almost like you could feel the presence of this loved one. So with the fear in my mind and heart and soul and everything, I just decided to take a course in mediumship. I flew to California. I paid more money than I had, told everybody I was going to a business meeting and uh, lied because I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing. Uh And the teacher, she says, if you come to this class, I'm going to show you, you are a medium. I mean, it's a something we all have. We have Uh all the abilities, but like playing the piano, some people really have to practice. Some people have it naturally. I was petrified, but I thought, you know, I've got nothing to lose by trying it. I didn't know anybody. So there was just a small group of people. She had everyone take a partner. She says, I want to give you some of the basics of mediumship and we're going to practice. We're not really going to do it yet. We're just going to explain how it works. Just want you to play with this with your imagination. Mm -hmm. I'm a chef by trade, a pretty creative person, owned my own catering business with my mom for 33 years. So, I mean, I feel like I'm creative. So I found a nice woman. And I said, you want to be my partner? We sat knee to knee. And with the instruction, basically, she says, okay, close your eyes. Imagine there's just a nice bubble of light around you guys. And Mm -hmm. she said, invent, invent that there's somebody standing behind your partner. She says, you might see them, you might hear things, just whatever those things are, tell your partner. Mm -hmm. If there's any message that you feel you want to share, do that as well. So I was 100% convinced that I was making this up because that was the assignment. Uh I made up that her grandfather on her mom's side was standing behind her, that his name was Jan, that he was from Denmark, that he worked on a fishing boat. I got this flash of him puffing away on a cigarette and coughing. So I got this feeling he died of lung cancer. He had blonde hair, really windburned skin, and a big gap between his front teeth. And I got this feeling, this message, and I shared it with my eyes closed that mm-hmm. he never said, I love you, to this woman's mother, which was his daughter. And he regrets that. And so could she give him, give the mom the message? So mm-hmm. Charlotte, I opened my eyes like, okay, it's your turn. And there's just streams of tears going down her cheeks. Her grandfather's name was Jan from Denmark, worked on a fishing boat, died of lung cancer. And indeed, he was a tough dad, never said, I love you to the daughter. Wow. And she turned and gave me almost equal about my grandfather. And it was in that moment that, boy, that fear of (laughs) dying, it's like, it didn't quite go away but it was greatly reduced. Unfortunately, every time I had to try to be a medium in that same weekend, it didn't work. So our loved ones really work through our imagination. You know, we got the left brain and the right brain, all that stuff. When that analytical side comes in or that fear comes in that I can't do it, it like, it shuts it off. So every time I was okay being wrong is when I'd be right. (laughs) And when I tried to do it, I was wrong. So over the course of this many years, I've taken plenty of medium classes. Mm -hmm. It's not my calling to be a medium. So I've, I, you know, I recommend people go to other people. I don't take readings or bookings, but for myself, I know, because I've experienced mediumship, you don't just 
see people and tell mm -hmm. you actually feel like you are them and you feel the love for the person you're talking to. Mm -hmm. And that cracked the door wide open. And then I can, I got to come up for air, let you talk. And then I can tell you about <laughs> another great story. Well, you know, I was just thinking about you talking about um, your experiences, you know, realizing sometimes you're wrong, sometimes you're right. Da, da, da. One of the things I teach, because I do teach psychic development classes, and one of the things I, I have learned over the years is when, when you're just starting out, there's really no wrong answer. There's no wrong information that you're giving because you're just learning how to do it. So, you know, you don't, you don't take that stuff personally. Otherwise, like you say, there'll be a shutoff. You know, if you think, oh, my God, I'm always wrong, there's that shutoff. So that's that's what I tend to teach. That's what you remind me of. The other reason why I laughed when you were talking about sitting with the old people was I'm a big Frasier fan. And there's this uh, episode where Roz... <laughs> It has, has got pulled over for, I forget, drunk driving or something she got pulled over for. And so she was doing community work at this old people's home. But everybody she would come in contact with and read to would die. So she started to feel like you did. Like, oh, my God, you know, or I'm going to kill these people every time I see them. So that's what made me kind of laugh because I thought of that, you know, when you said that. Yeah. yeah. And we have been teaching online medium classes. I've got two. Mm -hmm. famous mediums, Carrie McLeod and her husband, Philip Dykes. And mm -hmm. they teach that no simply means new opportunity. So it, yeah. you can't shut down a medium. So many people, if you get something wrong, they think, oh, no, I'm no good. That's not right. it. We're getting exactly. used to know how our soul perceives information. It could be feelings, thoughts, words. Right. So I'm, I'm grateful. We've been doing that ever since COVID hit. And yeah, it's great to reunite people, even though we're not face-to-face, -face, you know, we're behind computer screens and spirit world doesn't care. They're just happy. Absolutely. Did you find, did you find once you opened up as to do that work that it got, it got easier or, or like, like the doors had you know, opened and, and you saw more and more, or were you able to control that? I didn't continue pursuing mediumship to even try. What I did is I said, if that's possible, what mm -hmm. else is out there? Because when mm -hmm. I got home from that class, as much as I wanted to share, mm -hmm. I knew people would say, well, who do you see around me? And that scaredy cat within me would get the information wrong. And yeah. I was petrified that anyone knew that I was even studying this stuff. Because Charlotte, in my world, like I said, people who believed in this, you know, they weren't my kind of people. So mm -hmm. I was afraid I'd lose family and friends. So I didn't tell anybody about it. But what happened was I started continually searching for what's possible. I took remote mm -hmm. viewing classes, hypnosis classes. I'd love to tell you about my electronic voice phenomena, EVP experience. Cool. That would be cool. All kinds of things I, I took. And then I would meet people, whether I'm sitting on an airplane or where grocery store, and people would have lost their loved ones. So I kept feeling I was attracting a lot of grieving people. Uh -huh. And there was this sense about me that's like, you got to share what you know, Sandra. And I'm like, I'm too afraid. I don't want to, you know, I don't right. want to. So I had this little prayer to the universe, I guess, give me something tangible that I could show people without relying about what's coming out of my mind to prove that the afterlife is real. Okay. I had attended well, first of all, there's a great book called The Idiot's Guide to Communicating with Spirits by Dr. Reverend or by Reverend Rita Berkowitz. 
And in her book, there are pictures as people lived, and she's also a spirit artist, so she draws pictures of them. So I found this book, and I was fascinated by it, and it was the very first time that I heard of a religion called spiritualism. And I thought, well, I didn't know about that. And it's very wholesome, like any other church service you go to, but at the end, the minister is a medium and does readings on the audience, the congregation. So I thought, oh my God, where do you find one of these spiritualist churches? Mm -hmm. I turned to the back of the book and Reverend Rita and her church were only 45 minutes away from where I lived, just south of Boston, Massachusetts. So I'm following these breadcrumbs and I ended up going to one of her church services and then another one and then another one. And on one particular service, she had a husband and wife team that said, we're both ministers, but we want to present to you some work we've done with mm-hmm. electronic voice mm-hmm. phenomena. And they played a recording. They said they both had deceased children from previous marriages. They said that I'd never heard of EVP before. Mm-hmm. They had a tape recorder. They left it in their house with only a fan blowing. And they said, we want to play for you what was on the tape recorder when we came, when they came back in the house. And it said, mommy, daddy, don't be scared. We're still here with you with little giggles. Wow. And although those words might oh. freak people out, it was, it was loving, right? It was loving. And I, I still get goosebumps telling that story. And I thought, oh my gosh, what is this? So then they told me there's a book, There Is No Death and There Are No Dead by Tom and Lisa Butler, mm-hmm. who were behind and kind of coached the people who made the movie White Noise not expecting that it was going to be a horror movie Uh because messages of love and humor would come through, Uh but that's okay. Whatever works. And anyway, so I bought the book and I bought a tape recorder and then I freaked myself out. Like, I don't think I could handle this if I get a voice. So I just put it away in my drawer. Fast forward a few months. And again, I'm following breadcrumbs and that's why I think there's somebody pushing me on this um, mission. But all of a sudden, I felt the need to just have some Sandra time to go on a little retreat. And there's a retreat uh-huh. center in upstate New York called the Rhinebeck, or the Omega Center in Rhinebeck, New York. And I had one weekend free and I said, I don't care who's there doing a presentation. I'm going to go because nature walks, healthy food, meet people, all good. Mm-hmm. Guess who was there that one weekend? Tom and Lisa Butler teaching electronic Very voice cool. phenomena. Very cool. <laughs> I go. I freaked myself out because I didn't know what I was going to, who I was going to meet. There were only five classmates along with myself, and they all had lost either a child or a spouse, someone very close to them. And Tom and Lisa were both retired spiritualist ministers, told the story of how they got involved. It was wonderful. And then we started doing recordings. So we each brought a digital tape recorder with us. And... I heard very a lot of examples that they shared that they had recorded, but I never, I didn't hear anything in the beginning from my recordings. They would listen to my recordings though and go, oh my gosh, you've got your, your grandfather here with a message for your grandmother. They knew names. I'm thinking, you people hear this? Well, little did I know, you know, when you start doing EVPs, your brain wants to pick up on whatever the static or white noise or right. raindrops or whatever is. It's like learning a new language. Once you start listening for whispers within the background. Well, then you can start picking up more and more of them. Uh So it was a two night, three day class. And on the final night, I went back to my cabin. I was all alone. 
there were raindrops coming down. And I felt like just saying, who's ever out there? You know, if I'm meant to help people and I'm meant to make a difference, you know, I said, I need you to talk really loud into this thing. And I held up my, my tape recorder and I had imagined my grandmother, grandfather, aunt and uncle, uh, they were the only dead people I knew at the time by my bed, really believing that I was just making it up. And so uh -huh. I just recorded for one minute. And when I played it back towards the end, I got goosebumps because there on my recording, oh, let me just say this. I said, I'm going to record for one minute and then I'm going to say good night. That's what I said. So I recorded for one minute, said good night, turned it off. When I played it back, it said, good night, Sandra, in a man's voice. Wow. Two women whisper, good night, good night. And then another man's voice, good night. <laughs> well, that changed my life. Also kind of freaked me out too, because I started thinking, <laughs> do I have no privacy? Is, is there people always around me? And no, you know, yeah. this great book, Dead People Do Not Watch You in the Shower. <laughs> uh, and they don't. They give you your privacy, et cetera. But that's what had me really interested because then I could start experimenting. And I told family members, I told friends, I told strangers, anybody who wanted to do a recording, I said, let's do it. And I built up that ear for hearing them. And very often they could hear them too. There were times that I used my medium sense and I would see a picture in my mind's eye and then there'd be a voice that comes through and then they'd show me a picture of their loved one. And I'm like, oh my God, that's the same person I just saw here. And so all good, right? Mm -hmm. Except for the ego kicks back in. I got busy with my job. My mom and I catered for race car teams. So we were always on the road before COVID hit and mm -hmm. gone. But anyways, life went on. And every so often I would dabble in something, but I was still not open with people. On occasion, if I met somebody that was grieving, I would tell them about the EVPs, we do a recording and mm -hmm. that was great. But I pushed it off to, I'm going to do this someday, but not now. And then it was January of 2010 that my dad got diagnosed with cancer. He had a tumor that broke apart his spine. Not nice. Mm -hmm. And my dad was peak of physical fitness. He would ride a bicycle 30 miles a day. You know, he's a strong guy. And five months later, he passed. Okay. I have uh, three siblings and we were all reasonably close before dad's death. Mm -hmm. And around the time of dad's passing and just before and after we became one of those families fighting about everything. And it was really awful. And by the time dad passed, I got written off by my siblings, I got outcast as the greedy sister, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. And I hit rock bottom. I wasn't going to end my own life, but I really understood if people feel this bad, how they could think that that is the only way out. Mm -hmm. So I, I certainly had compassion, empathy and all that. And instead of this letting me do me in, it was like I had one of those moments, a little light bulb went off, you know, like, Sandra, you are not yourself ever. Because I'm always this Sandra, Charlotte, right. I'm bubbly, I'm happy, you know. I smile a lot and I was miserable and I had so much anger and sadness and pain 
So I decided to start studying grief. Why does it have to hurt so bad? Why would really good people change so much? Because we were fighting about things that didn't even happen. So I'm like, what is this? Well, I found out that our healthy bodies have what's called neurotransmitters that run through us, right? We have uh, all kinds. You can hear of serotonin and tryptophan and dopamine and all those. And I like to compare it to a car that has all the different fluids, gasoline, oil, and brake fluid and power steering fluid. And with low levels of any of those, the car doesn't run. Grief can reduce reduce our neurotransmitter levels to a dangerous level, which cause the anger, the sadness, the pain, the tears, even our perception of the occurring world. So it's kind of like, and I hate to use this expression, but it's the best one I know, comparison, is if somebody is a drug addict and you take them off the drug and they go through withdrawal, you're not going to trust them maybe with your ATM card or giving them a secret code or something because they're in withdrawal. Love is a chemical connection in our bodies. And Uh when the love is broken, when somebody passes, or it can even happen before someone passes. And of course, grief can kick in, not just for a bodily death, but for any kind of loss. Our, we don't function. We are like without our drug. And with those neurotransmitters depleted, we are not whole people. And it's really a tough way to be. So anyone who has anybody that has lost a loved one, really give them as much comfort, be their friend. And even though if you don't understand it, they're not, you just need to love them is is all I need to say. Mm -hmm. But when I got that, it's like, oh my God, people need to know this. So instead of making my siblings and myself wrong, I was like empowered with this. And so I created an audio called How to Survive Grief. I just posted it on, on Facebook. One friend told two friends, two friends told four, and then it went a little crazy, went a little viral. And people started reporting that that audio not only helped them understand grief, but they shared it with their siblings before someone passed saying, okay, this is probably what's going to happen to us. Let's, let's learn from this. And then Charlotte, I had a number of people that chose not to take their own life because of the information in that. That was, that was the wake up call that said, I need to get everything I know out there because it's not just about the neurotransmitters. It's about what happens in the brain, all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so I knew, and I knew if I ever wrote a book, it'd be called, we don't die. And the subtitle just came to me because I was a skeptic. I still am skeptics discovery of life after death. And as miracles happen, I met the right people pretty quickly, pitched my idea. I'd never written before in my life. The book was fast forwarded by the publisher to get printed. And lo and behold, we it's 10 years old now. And it's my story at the time of why I believe in life after death. And of course, now, uh, 10 years later, I have a ton more reasons to believe in the afterlife. So I'm grateful I share those in the, the podcast. But chapter 10 is about grief. It's that it's those words plus more. And then the rest of the, the book is how to have a good life when we're here. It's kind of like a handbook for living. And if uh-huh. any of your audience wants a free PDF copy, 
just go to wedontdie.com. At the bottom of the page is enter, you know, your name and email address and be part of my list. It says you just get the first few chapters. The secret is it is the entire book. You start reading it and you go, oh, this is more than the first few chapters. I don't want money to be the thing that doesn't have you have a great life. I want everybody to have the information that I know because it's so important, so important. So I'm going to take a pause, let you speak, okay. and then we'll continue on. Okay. Okay. I was just thinking about your book. I might ask you, uh, don't go off so soon tonight because I'm, I, I read it from a paranormal theme book every Sunday afternoon. And I'm really fascinated by your book. I've read part of it and maybe we can work something out where I can read it to my, my uh, public. Yeah, you That's certainly can. Online. You don't okay. need my approval. Yeah. You just do it. The yeah. audio book is also out there for people as well. Cool. So you okay, can, perfect. Yeah. Whatever you need, do that. Do it. Share it. Okay. And for anybody yeah. listening or, or watching, if you want to share the link to the website. Perfect. Absolutely. Take it. Because you know what? It can save a life and it can help a life. It can empower okay. somebody. There's all kinds of inspirational quotes. Absolutely. So as you started to do this, let me let me ask you this. You know, as you started to get into this and and understand about death, what was the thing that and I, I can see it with the little girls because that would be something, you know, the, what you experienced with that. But what has stood out to you most about what happens after people pass or or, or when let's say move on actually instead of pass. Yeah, well, from everything for the past 26 years that I have understood, and I've, I've mm -hmm. studied with some of the best mediums, best places, every form of mediumship there is, um, I'm in, I mean, I've been involved with and with so many more things. I, I think I have a little list here of a dozen different things that I've dabbled in. And when we close our eyes for that last time, we simply open them up and we're still alive. We are. We're still us and we're greeted by our loved ones and even our pets are there. The world seems very much like earth. And I actually think the earth was probably designed from wherever the afterlife or the before life is. It's very much like that. Very often I've heard, cause I've interviewed just tons of people who have had near death experiences. Very often there's a life review. You get to, experience those things that have happened in your life. But what I find interesting is you experience them from another person's perspective. So if you weren't so nice and you lied to somebody, you actually feel the impact from their view. And then you also get to experience the ripple effect on your good actions. So if you make a difference, maybe with a young kid, you say just the right thing, you go on to see what they've done in their life, you get to see the ripple effect. There's nobody saying heaven for you, hell for you. In fact, I don't believe in hell. I think hell is right here on earth. How could it get any worse, especially with some of the things we're seeing right now? But we don't judge ourselves, but we get some understanding, like could have done this a little differently. Oh, I'm glad I did this. We look at our soul and how far we've come in that realm, the afterlife. Uh, I like to call it the hereafter because uh -huh. I, I know they're all around us. They can have one foot in our world and one foot in their world. We can continue to pursue our dreams. I have this deep, dark secret that I want to be a singer, right? 
The only song I can right. sing is happy birthday. <laughs> but <laughs> when I go over there and it might happen while I'm still here, but if there's, if it doesn't happen here, you know, I can go on to learn it. We can go on to learn, to grow, to experience. There's the halls of learning. Some people call it the Akashic records where we can go, mm -hmm. we can experience any point in time, anything we want to learn. I think we learn and have people help us when we're mm -hmm. trying to communicate back here on earth. Mm -hmm. It's said by many people, there's no time there. So for us, it could feel like two years since our loved one passed, but for them, in a blink of an eye, they'll be together with us. So I think that's pretty cool, but we continue to grow and learn and love. And I think, uh, you know, I think there's work to do while we're here. I don't want anybody going there too fast because uh -huh. I think there's real nuggets of gold here, but it's good over there. And I, I say this playfully, and I know you've read this in my book, but uh -huh. anything that you have that's good for a long time can be boring. You know, if you have a favorite uh -huh. food that you eat day in and day out, even your favorite thing might get boring. So here on earth, we get to experience, we get to learn, we get to grow, we get to have others that we deal with, you know, and sometimes it's not easy with others. You know, someone once said, other people are like a little piece of grit in an oyster, you know, it, it's uncomfortable, but eventually it'll turn us into a pearl. So other people are good, but we really get to learn about ourselves. But I think it's, uh, Nothing to be afraid of. And I know I saw my dad suffer like I would not want anybody's loved one to suffer. Mm -hmm. And I am comforted with the hope because many people also say that people's soul can leave the body before uh -huh. the body 100% checks out of life. So I hope so. But they don't remember the pain, which is good. Now, a question I have is knowing what you know about death or about the process and I, and I don't want to seem insensitive because I was like this with, with my mom and dad when they died. To me, it was an easier process for me when they passed because I kind of knew what was what you know, what was coming for them. That's great. Can you tell the story? Because didn't you say your parents had people greet them before they yes. passed? Or they could you? Because yes. I have been studying a lot of Dr. Christopher Kerr, who wrote "Death Is But a Dream." He's a hospice doctor who studied. Mm -hmm. 1600 patients and it's not just the final moments with some people it is weeks before that they see their loved ones loud and clear they are alive they're well they're young and they let them know they going on a journey so i would love to hear your story if you wouldn't mind this room that i'm in right now was my father's bedroom and I, my studio is actually in the closet <laughs> but he would sleep facing that direction because because the bathroom was back there and he would tell me all the time that he saw his sister in the bathroom mirror that she would walk by all the time and this was like a year to a year and a half leading up to his death but he would see her and it was so cute because i was a ghost hunter and he used to tell me gee if i was more mobile i would go with you so he had me bring in all the equipment in here so we set up a camera in here I gave him a meter. I gave him an uh, EVP recorder and stuff and all this. And he had a notebook. And he was sitting in here waiting. And then that night she didn't show up. But he was seeing her. And then um, before he passed, when we were at the hospital, he was talking to his relatives, having conversations with them. And then I think his mother came to get him because 
when he finally did pass, I watched. I looked at his eyes, and, and, and they were angled towards the door like somebody was standing over there. He was focusing on some someone. Now, my mother was seeing people again, like maybe six, seven months before, even though she would see people off and on because she had abilities to begin with. So she would see people off and on because this house is a full house as far as, you know, ghosts and stuff go, just family. But I remember somebody telling me I had to leave her home because we were going on, going on this ghost investigation. And I guess my father had come to take her that night. And the person that was taking care of her said, I heard her holler. And she was really mad at whoever it was. I'm not going. I'm not ready yet. And, um, and then she lasted probably six months beyond that. But she would see my grandmother. She would be having conversations with my grandmother and her sisters because she was the youngest in the family. So she was the last one left. So I would see, I would hear her having conversations with them. She had dementia. But she was still seeing them, you know, and that's, and that was the thing when, you know, I would take her to the doctor, they would ask me if she was hallucinating. And I, I said, well, <laughs> I'm a ghost hunter. So it depends what you mean by hallucinations, because to me, it's all legit, you know, cause she's getting, you know, she's older and this, and she's sick and this is going on, but she would talk to her mother and she would speak Spanish to her mother at times, you know, it, it was real sweet, really sweet. And the day she died, she was having breakfast, and she said, you know, I won't leave you. I'm going to stay. And I said, okay, that's fine, but that's kind of cryptic. What's going on? And she didn't say anything. She said, go have your breakfast. Go enjoy your breakfast. I came back after breakfast, and she was gone. Wow. But being the ghost hunter that I am, there were certain things I wanted to do because I wanted to see, you know, you know how they say, you, like, you can smell somebody if they had a certain perfume or something. So knowing that she wouldn't want to go to the funeral home dirty, I bathed her. And I bathed her in a scented soap on purpose. And sure enough, that afternoon, as my friends came over to be with me, you know, after it had happened, I could smell her. She was moving around me in the house. And not only I could smell her, but my friends could too. And to this day, when she comes around, I smell her. I'd be watching TV or even like last night I was watching TV and she had certain shows she'd like to watch. So I'll, watch, I'll still watch some of them sometimes. And she'll grab my hand and I could feel her grab my hand because she did it a certain way. She would uh, grab my hand and dig her nails into my, into my palms and I could tell it's her. Or I'll hear her laugh. When she's watching something. That's so special. So yeah. It's, special. Just, it's so special. But I mean, I can't deny this stuff. I mean, I, I could try to debunk it all I want, but Why? it's happened. It's happened so frequently. There's no reason to, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, Charlotte, it's crazy because there's something about being human that we think, and not everybody, but most mm -hmm. of us, we think mm -hmm. the universe revolves around us. Like when you think about it though, when this, whenever this earth was created, it was just, mm -hmm you know, the basic elements. And out of that, we've got cell phones, computers, we've got airplanes, we've got lighting. Does anybody ever wonder where that all came from? And then if we look at a quantum level, if we tried to put a camera into one of the atoms that make up us, make, makes us up, all it wouldn't pick up anything. To our smallest particle, all we are is invisible vibrating energy. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And then 
let's get our mind out of, out of, um, out into the universe, right? The oh, web cameras oh. out there. We are living in this ever expanding universe that nobody can get their head around. So right. why we think our minds can't communicate like our cell phone does, mm -hmm. right? And I've done plenty of experiments to tap into the past, present, and future with remote viewing. Mm -hmm. Stuff happens. And so people just watching or listening to a podcast, you know, you can be as skeptical as you want and say, mm -hmm. that can't be. But I challenge everybody, find something that you're you're interested in and mm -hmm. go for it. Experiment. Talk to your loved ones. They might not be able to turn the lights on and off, but there's plenty of signs that they can give you. There's, there's all kinds of ways to be in touch with them, to know that they're there. But when you start doing the research, you listen to podcasts and you see what's out there, there's a whole bunch of scientific medical people. Dr. Jeffrey Long, who's a, a cancer uh, doctor, he has studied over 5,000 near-death experiences. And he's come out publicly that beyond a shadow of a doubt, he knows that there's an afterlife and he's pretty affluent. If anybody has been on social media lately, you'll know that there's a big movie coming out called After Death, October 27th, 2023. And it's the science, the medicine, credible people, Dr. Mary Neal, a spine surgeon who was underwater for oh, a long time with a kayak that had turned over. And her near-death experiences are so many stories. And I got to interview them just recently on the show. Nice. Yeah. And they said to me, it's the story is told from a, a skeptic's perspective. Yes. So they didn't want people, you, you know, sometimes there's people out there, we all know them that are a little overboard with their beliefs and you got to mm -hmm. believe in this and that's fine. They're excited, but they wanted to present this from a, a skeptic's viewpoint. And they, they, you know, I bought my ticket. I can't wait to see it. But I have a funny feeling that just everybody's going to be left with, oh, my God, this is real uh -huh, you know, after uh -huh. seeing it. So and then also I just talked to a nice gentleman. There's a scientific and medical dot net. That's it's the scientific and medical institute. They, they talk about consciousness, surviving physical death. There's an incredible amount of scientists and doctors involved in this. There's the Institute for Noetic Sciences that they are studying consciousness and uh, oh. even testing mediums and what's possible. So for the Sandra that lived 25, 26 years ago that thought none of this is possible, little did I know all of these worlds of people who have been studying for years this stuff. And even science has come out with that near-death experiences are definitely not hallucinations. Now, they're not ready to say exactly what they are, but the mm -hmm. fact that blind people who have been blind since birth can see, one lady floated up above the hospital and noticed a red high-heeled shoe just lying on the roof of the hospital. When she came to, of course, she was blind. Somebody went up to check and came back down with that red shoe. Anyways, so science has proved that it's, they're not, you know, just hallucinations, that there's something to it. So the well, evidence is out there. People just have to work and. Well, you, they have to notice. And sometimes the evidence is right in front of them and they don't notice. Right. Um, like you had that experience in the cabin, you know, when they said goodnight to you. I've had experiences in here. I'm like you. I don't like to run recorders in my house. I know my family's here. I'm happy with it. You know, I, 
I have this agreement going. I know you're here. You know I'm here. You know, you know, I, I know you're here. Don't scare me. You know that kind of thing. But I got I got this new app. I, I don't do apps on my phone either. But there was just I had this app, and I thought, oh, what the hell? So I turned around, you know, turned it on, and I'm sitting in here in my studio. And I said, well, if there's anybody here from the family that wants to talk to me, I, you know, th that would be great. And this is this is my primary studio for the show, and I get, am I on video? That's great. Yeah. Is it the Hope Spirit Box app? Yeah. Yes. Because I just yes. interviewed him. He's two episodes yeah. away. So yeah. if people yeah. tune in, wait about, I don't know, about a week, and I'll have that one aired. It's a fascinating story. And like you, I'm, uh, and like you I'm going. And it's a free app. Yeah. Free. Yeah. And it's a free mm -hmm. app. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I have experiences like that. There's There's been so many. That I can honestly say that between my mother and father that that, that you know that, that have happened over the years, I'm going to be writing a book about it because yeah, it's just it's just too numerous to not talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just wonderful when you find that out, and I find it really comforting to be here. It doesn't bother me because I know they're with me. They haven't absolutely, left. absolutely. That's the biggest part of all of this is to have people live a good life, knowing that their loved ones are still around. You're going to see them again. Keep talking to them keep a journal. You can write to your loved ones and then mm -hmm. write back as if, as if it is them writing back because they want to be in touch with us. And it may be in the beginning, 99% you, maybe 1% your parents, mm -hmm. but in time you make a practice and all of a sudden you might say, I never used those words. I don't know what that word is. Mm -hmm. Mom wrote poetry. Suddenly I'm writing poetry. They have different ways of communicating with us. And don't, and it's so important to pay attention to our imagination, just like my beginning story when I thought I was making up Jan the fisherman. Right. That's how mediums work. They use the spirit world uses our imagination. They use our feelings, the sense of smell. You could smell the soap, feelings, memories. All of a sudden, out of the blue, you might feel your loved ones with you. That's them. You know, it's they're subtle things. Please don't discount it as just my imagination. Like that's good. It is your imagination. Now, with your dad after he passed, did you notice stuff from him, or or what was he real quiet afterwards? He was somewhat quiet, but he came through other people. So when I started doing interviews and things, and one of the first times I met George Norrie face to face, you know, I uh -huh. went out on his Beyond Belief TV show, uh -huh. and there was a lady there who was a medium and. At the end, we were sharing a cab ride to the airport, and she says, "Your dad deceased? Yes. His name John? Yes. Airline pilot? Yes." <laughs> she says, "Oh, he's he's right here with you, right here with you." And then every so often, I'd meet somebody, even at a seminar or something that was for business. This lady says, "You know, I'm kind of intuitive. Is your dad died? Yeah. It was his name John. <laughs> was he an airline pilot?" So that happened, and then I would also very often. Before I go to bed at night or in the morning, you know, when you're kind of in that in-between state, I would see him and I'd be like, oh, pop, hi. And then it'd be gone. And then also I would see like a slideshow in my brain that would happen really quickly, like slides of things that 
he and I had done together, it would be impossible, number one, for me to remember all those things, let alone put them together in a slideshow appearing so fast. And one of the greatest things, because this just happened last week, is I interviewed uh, Dr. Garrett Yant from the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Uh -huh. And he was telling me about lucid dreaming, but he was talking about one of their experiments that helped uh, people who ex had PTSD, uh -huh. it, this lucid dreaming. And I didn't really know too much about lucid dreaming. I knew what it was, but I didn't, I never had anything to do with it. But he said 76% of the people who they taught lucid dreaming to uh, no longer have PTSD. So I thought, oh, geez, what's happening in that in-between state? Right. And like, I had this another light bulb moment. Like, I wonder if we could create meeting up with our loved ones in a dream because in the lucid dream, our body is asleep, but there's part of our brain that is totally awake. So you can make things happen. The trick is you have to catch yourself in one of these dreams. Mm -hmm. So one, I have not yet taken the course on it and I have bought, downloaded a book and in <laughs> a video course, I haven't started them yet. But I had heard that you go through your day and you say, is this real? Is this real? Is this real? You look at your hand and you say, is this real? And so what happens is the things you repeat during the day can show up in your dreams. So I went to bed at night thinking, okay, if I see my hand, oh, that's going to be my sign. Is this real? And I went to bed that night, nothing happened. So I woke up because I'm getting older, right? I had to pee in the wee hours and I got up, went to use the restroom and I said, well, let me try this again. And I, I said, I'm going to concentrate. You know, is this a, just a dream? Well, no kidding. All of a sudden I found myself in some stupid dream, right? Because I got these stupid dreams uh -huh. and I decided to look at my hand. Well, my thumb was on the opposite side and I said, I caught it. I said, I'm in a dream. So that's the first thing. And once you're in a dream, if you have a scary monster, you can say, hey, the other way or whatever. Right. But in this, it's, I was now in the lucid part because everything was real. And I said, let me get out of the stupid part. And what I did is I just created a room and I put two old folding chairs, kind of like the old beach chairs we used to use. I put them out there and I said, dad, could you be here with me? And Charlotte, he showed up. He showed up. I got a big hug from him and he, and I could see what he was wearing from head to toe. Nice. I could feel the hug, but here's the thing. If you were to ask me, do I remember my dad's voice? Yeah, kind of, but I could hear him in the dream. I could literally hear him. I didn't invent what he had to say. And it was something along the lines of that. He's always with me and he's so proud of me. I woke up 100% convinced that I had just talked to my dad. Could that have come from my subconscious? Yeah, maybe, right? Maybe, who knows? But the thing is, is I know our loved ones are trying different ways to let us know. And it hasn't happened since. And now I also haven't been working on it since, right? So uh -huh. this is where I'm at now. But it is was so healing. And if your dream, whether it's lucid or regular, contains your loved one uh -huh. and it is real and it and there's love present that is a visitation visitation dream if it's something you can remember clearly that's one if it's all kind of fragmented and weird things happen and it's not pleasant yeah that could be our own subconscious mind but 
oh my God, was that fantastic. And there's very little research out about using lucid dreaming for afterlife communication. I found one doctor who had done it and she had met up with her dad and I thought, oh my gosh. So that's what I'm sinking my teeth into now because it's something I think we could all learn. Uh And how nice would it be to not have to rely on mediums and I'm not knocking mediums, but most of them are so overpriced and they're terrible that are out in the world now. But instead of relying on people like them to have our own relationship with our loved ones through whether it's journaling, talking to them, you know, like you say, you can feel your mom holding your hand, you Uh know, all those different things that we can do on our own to let us know that our loved ones are around. So, yep, I'm sure my dad is just right here. (laughs) Do you think, you know, talking about dreaming, um, because I've had friends who have lost family members. And they and they're trying. They they want them to come back so badly in their dreams that it takes a while for the the family member to come back. Is that because maybe you're you're grieving too much and you're you're not ready for you know for the contact? Do you think or, or what do you think is going on there? Yeah, I don't think anybody says you're ready for the contact or you're not. And some people say, mm-hmm. oh, you're grieving. You're preventing your loved one from moving on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is BS. We're either here or we're there, right? So don't worry about you holding your loved one back. It is human to grieve. We can't turn it off. It is a process. Here's the thing. Yes, when we are deeply grieving, those neurotransmitters are way down. You know, we're just not feeling great. Our mind throws us into often guilt and feeling bad. What we need to be able to do is try to find moments in that present moment So whether we're listening to a song, listen to every word, be right there with it. If you're out for a walk, try not to buy into the thoughts that are trying to appear in your mind. The -hmm. more time we can get in that present moment, it helps bring those neurotransmitters up. But on every medium class I've ever taken, trance medium, uh, everything, you've got to be in that present moment for that communication to happen. So it takes time. You know, that's why journaling really helps it. Really helps. And even asking your loved ones for a sign and then paying attention during the day because a sign could be right there for you. But, uh-huh. you know, it's so easy to just, oh, that's my imagination. That's right. Uh-huh. It is. So, do you think, you know, uh, for the public out there that's listening, would you, you know, encourage people, you know, once, once their loved one dies and, 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 and the dust settles a little bit? To try and make contact? Yeah, why not? If it goes along with your beliefs, some people have firm religious beliefs that it's the wrong thing to do, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it comes through so often that people who never believed in this stuff, you know, are coming back from the other side saying, it's real, it's real. It just depends, you know, do what you feel comfortable with. There's plenty of books out there. There's plenty of podcasts. Is there something that's interesting to you? follow it, give it a try. If not, you know, maybe that will happen. I think grief can be like, you know, out there in California, there's some of those great big pine trees that you got. And some of those uh, pine trees, when the pine cone comes off, the only way it can sprout again is under unbelievable amounts of heat. So some of those awful forest fires are just the thing that can crack that seed open and have it grow. And I think grief really has the potential 
to crack us open and have us start looking for answers Mm -hmm. and to ultimately, who am I? What is my life for? You don't have to be what other people thought you had to be. You need to just reach into yourself. What am I passionate about? And it's never too late to be on your own journey. I've done a a bunch of different careers within my life and I'm happy Mm -hmm. with where I am, but who knows that could change. I don't know. But don't make yourself wrong. Your younger self did the best it could. But at this point, you know, be on a spiritual quest for what you like, what you enjoy. And if it is having that relationship with your loved one, or at least being open to find out, is there more, you know, go for it. What do you think, you know, like, like you say, go for it for people that might really want to get into this, you know, I, I know you just said go for it, but are there certain ways that people can can get themselves? I, I don't want to say psyched up or, or or programmed, you know, mentally to do this. What what would one of the couple ways be for them to like? Yeah, start yeah. I was just talking about this earlier. I was trying to come up with like a top five, and and at towards the bottom, I would put electronic voice phenomena. It's uh-huh. real and it's great, but it's a lot of work, right? It's like learning uh-huh. a new language. It's a lot of work. The other thing we, another thing we can do is we can ask them for signs. And I know, you know, you might say a feather is silly. You can see feathers all over or asking for a dime. That's silly. But there's loved ones that do some really strange things. You know, one guy who lived by himself found a dozen dimes in his tub. And he's like, those were not in there earlier. One lady asked her deceased son, you know, for a, a white feather, but not just any white feather, something that would really stand out. Well, she was traveling and she got to her destination. She opened her check baggage and there was a big, long, like a 10 inch white feather in there. We can ask for signs, but we have to pay attention. You know, we have to look around license plates, actual signs, you know, there's plenty of those out there. Dreams are a wonderful way. You don't have to go for the lucid dreaming, But before you go to bed at night, talk to your loved one. You know, can you come in my dreams? I'll try to pay attention. And then keep a dream journal. Give your loved ones a chance, though, because they don't get to know all the universal information just because they pass. They have to learn. So, you know, you can say every night, you know, could you show up with me tonight? You know, or whatever. And keep a journal of that. Also, I think um, journaling is good because there's something called inspired writing or automatic writing that you start writing. You can have a question and answer with your loved one, right? Or um, something like that. And like I said earlier, you may think it's you doing the writing, but in time, your loved one will get used to this and be in the present moment, have love in your heart. And all of a sudden you might realize that those are their words coming through that you're starting to feel them with you. And then I think the last thing is really talk to your loved one. And it could be as simple as, you know, if it's your mom or child or somebody, you don't mind getting close to you Mm -hmm. to say, walk up close to me, come closer, come closer, come closer. Can you put a kiss on my cheek and just be present to how you're feeling really pay attention because, you know, songs come on the radio and sometimes you hear words, lyrics within the songs. Uh, Sometimes, you know, just pay attention, be in that present moment as much as you can, because out of the blue, you might get a a memory of a trip you went on together or the feeling or 
there might be something funny that slides in. Uh-huh. That is them. They are so subtle sometimes. They still have their sense of humor. They're still them. And they want you to know that, that they're okay. But I think, Charlotte, that present moment for everything that I just mentioned is so necessary. It's very difficult to do because our brains always want to think about the future or the past, right. but it's in the present. That's the gift, as they say. Fantastic. This hour blew by. I loved every second of it. You're wonderful. You're a wonderfully great person. Oh, ditto. Right back at you, sister. You know, and uh, I would love to have you on again sometime you know, in the future. Uh, but it was great. What is next for you? Um, well, I would say it is continuing these podcasts. A lot of people want me to write another book, but with 570 hours out in the world, I just I want to keep doing what I'm doing and sharing just freely. There could be another book out there. Uh-huh. Every Sunday we do a free uh, inspirational, it's not a church service, just an inspirational 90 minutes, two o'clock New York time, 11 o'clock California time, filled with empowerment. And the last 45 minutes is a medium demonstration. So people's loved ones come in from the afterlife, all from all over the world and all over the universe. And um, that's free, 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 free. So we'll continue to do online courses. I know for me, what I'm really sinking my teeth into is to uh, explore this uh, world of lucid dreaming, because it's like, this could be something huge if we learn how to do it. And, um, and I'm excited. I did, I have produced a movie, Sonia Rinaldi, who many people know, takes images of things like static and steam and people's loved ones faces come into them. And it's not anything. Yeah. It's not anything that um, there's something called pareidolia where Mm -hmm. you could look at the bark of a tree or you could see toast and you see the Virgin Mary. It's not that these are real people. They're, they are like 3d images, people looking young, looking healthy even my dad's come through on, on an image. I'm like, oh my gosh. So we did a movie on her. Uh, you can find that on Amazon Prime or at my website, we don't die.com. So we've got another movie coming out in the next year or so about mediums, about the truth about mediums. And um, yeah, I think besides the lucid dreaming, I have a real commitment to raise the level of mediumship in the world. There's a lot of mediums out there it doesn't mean they're good. And I think a bad medium can really harm and make people think the afterlife isn't real. And I'm not knocking mediums. I don't think people know how good they can be and how much training people can take a course. And then all of a sudden they're charging $300, $400 an hour. Uh-huh. I tell people a reasonable amount. I wouldn't ever pay more than $150 for an hour. People can get the job done in a half hour. A good medium can. Any good medium should have a money back guarantee or the best thing they can do is give a 10 minute guarantee. If I'm not giving you good evidence in that first 10 minutes, the med- the reading comes to an end and the person doesn't pay or they can rebook another time because sometimes the energy isn't right. So I'm really out to make good, have more good mediums out there because Carrie and Phil do really great medium uh, training through me and they do excellent work and it's they're low price classes too. money back guarantee for everything. We're trying to make a difference. Uh, so that is 
kind of my big thing underneath it all, because I would so love to just have a list of good people that people can trust. And, and, um, yeah, right now I don't have it. I have tons of mediums that want to come on my shows. And then I look at their website and they're $400, $500 an hour. Not going to happen, people. Oh. Don't write me. <laughs> don't, as you heard it first, don't write her. Don't write yeah. her. Also, again, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you too. Thank you. And thank you to your listeners and your viewers. We don't die.com. That's home base for everything. Okay. And along the line for tomorrow's guest, I'm not going to be here, guys. Uh, this is a pre-record thing. It's actually a re-record because when, they when the couple was originally on, we had a lot of audio issues. So I brought them back. And so this you might like this. It is Nicole and Michael Sebastian. And they're going to be talking about how they found that dreams can influence your daily lives and how to keep journals and how to do that. And, you know, and, and how to sort out what's coincidence and what's not. That's so great. they're going to be on 6.30 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. Like I said, it's pre-recorded. It's going to be over on the YouTube site. But check it out, guys. Check it out because it's a really good interview. And I know a lot of people were disappointed because the audio wasn't working that night. So I fixed it all. It's really good. So there you go for tomorrow night. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show. Share it with five of your enemies. I'm equal opportunity. I just want to get listeners. That's all we're going for is listeners. But uh, just tell everybody about us. I think we got a pretty good product going, and I'm, I'm real proud of it. And uh, we get guests like Sandra on here, and, and it makes it really fun, really informative. I learned so much tonight. Again, thank you. And I'm going to share your contact information uh, with everybody. And uh, you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Thank you. Who's got the button? There it is. Too many buttons in my life. All right, guys, here we go. Here is her contact information. I will see you. Well, I will be in the chat tomorrow night, even though I'm not live. So I will be here in the chat. So check us out, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. And uh, see you later. The websites are wedontdie.com, sandrachamplain.com, and wedontdieradio.com for the radio. For her, for her radio show. And of course, the book is We Don't Die. And that is available at Amazon for you guys to check out. All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow in the chat room. Have a great rest of your evening. Bye-bye.